Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 247. Hey, my riches, I'm Hayut. And I had the most fun and interesting conversation with my guest today, Mark Lachance, whose best advice is if you want to scale your business, don't fall into the trap. You don't need to be the smartest person in everything and everywhere. And I really loved his advice. Mark Lachance is a serial entrepreneur, strategic thinker, and investor. He possesses a deep understanding of blitzscaling companies, having owned and operated several businesses that have experienced hyper-growth through creative business development and lead generation. He is a master of sales and marketing and continues to apply and grow his expertise through current projects. Mark is currently the CEO and lead investor of Maximedia Inc., one of the largest TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and Google Display Network performance marketing agencies in the world. Currently, Maximedia is the number one advertiser in terms of monthly spend on the TikTok platform in Canada and top 10 in North America. Mark speaks and travels the world with his wife Sonia and their two boys. Mark Lachance, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's great that you are here, and I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? <laughs> well, today, I, I, I've actually just launched a book, and it's called The Lucky Formula, and it's kind of based on, you, you pronounce my name La Chance, so that's sort of European-Canadian. I, I lived in Canada the last 20 years, and... Uh, but now I'm in the U.S. and it's pronounced La Chance here. But anyway, the name means lucky in French. And so the name of the book is called The Lucky Formula. Hmm. And it just launched a couple of weeks ago and it hit uh, hit number one on Amazon in many categories and number wow. 11 world, worldwide on Kindle. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. And uh, wow. also running running my digital media agency. That's going very, very, very well. So all, all is well these days. And where are you heading? Well, the plan is to take uh, take our media industry and and grow it to a billion dollar market cap. Uh, right now, it's it's I would value the company at around a hundred million. So we're looking at ten x this thing in the next two years, which I think we can. We've got our management team in place. We've got uh, you know excellent consultants. Actually, one from Israel as well. I know this this podcast is in Israel, so got mm-hmm. a, a pretty good Israeli connection. <laughs> so <laughs> we're looking good. good. Tell me about your career path. How did you start? How did you come to where you are today? So that's actually an interesting question because I I went to a university in Boston and right after school there weren't a lot of a lot of great opportunities and so I had to go back to work with my father in construction. 
And I absolutely hated that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, (laughs) I absolutely hated it. So, you know, in my book, I talk about, you know, having a massive why or reason for, for working hard. And one of my massive whys is to never, ever work construction again, Mm -hmm. to never, you know, wake up in the morning and look out the window and see that blazing hot sun coming up over the horizon and know you've got to be on top of that roof for the full day. So it's, uh, that's, that's one of my reasons for, uh, for working hard. Good reason. You know, excelling. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of, that's how I started my career. Let's say career outside of university. Then I got into to sports and I was a sports agent for about seven or eight years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I represented professional ice hockey players. I'm not sure if you guys have, I actually, yes, I think you do. You have a league over there. Yeah, a few of my uh... friends went over to play. Oh, okay. It's not a professional league, but uh, there, there still is hockey over there. There's ice hockey, and I uh, I was able to represent players, and I had uh, many guys in the National Hockey League, which is the the big North America, yeah. and I had many guys in the American Hockey League, you know, working their way up to the to the professional ranks, and uh, so I, I was able to you know kind of parlay that that. Uh, field and then get into the payment space and you know I started a company here in uh, in Boston and then you know was able to to get clientele all across the Canada because at the time that was 1998 and, and you maybe remember the dot-com craze back then so in 1998 you know dot-coms were going crazy but international banks were not accepting clients to to accept credit cards internationally Mm-hmm. So I saw a massive opportunity in Canada, which is north of the border, yeah. and I was able to get the U.S. consulate to to get me interviews or uh, meetings with with hosting companies and technology companies across Canada, and I was able then to, to use that that opportunity, which uh, which was a relationship with a bank in California that would ex- would accept these clients from Canada, hmm. and that kind of got me going in in the payment space, and uh, that was pretty successful. So that's kind of how I got my career going in payments. And then from there, I went, uh, you know, I had uh, four successful exits in the payment space and sandwiched in between there a, an unsuccessful venture in real estate, a colossal mm-hmm. failure, I'll call it. So, <laughs> and uh, from there, I, I got into digital media space and, and I sort of told you about the company, but we're, uh, we've grown from, you know, two employees, uh, myself and my business partner to over 350 Wow. Uh, we're going to hit this year with targeting 50 million in revenue. And like I said, we want to grow this to a, a billion dollar valuation in the next two to three years. And, and I do think it's highly possible. Wow. Who do you serve? Um, we serve, you know, major, let's say major verticals. So for example, the lending space is a big vertical for us. The insurance space, uh, the automotive space, so in, in a lot of finance stuff, like credit cards and credit card issuing, things like that. So, you know, we, we look for... All over the world or national? Yes. Well, well right now, we're, I would have to say that that's our performance division. That's focused predominantly in the United States. But that's not to say we, we can't work outside the United States. We've got... Uh, we do business with Google all over the world. So, you know, we could take that, you know, those verticals and that learnings from Google and then, you know, do it all over the world. It's not an issue. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, we're we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> That's the most important part, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> I would like to ask you to share with us what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listens to us right now. Okay, so I can answer that many ways, but so let's take it from the context of 
of an entrepreneur that wants to scale his or her business. So if you want to scale your business, my biggest advice is, and and I learned this myself. I went through, I did, you know, I, I learned it the hard way myself is don't fall into the trap. And I think I've coined this phrase, maybe somebody else did, but it's, I call it the entrepreneur's dilemma. So okay. I'll just give you a story around that. So back in 2009, I launched um, my last payments company called Evo Canada International. So we, we went from one employee myself to about 215 employees within two years. And, you know, it was about a year and a half after launch where I was sitting at my desk and it was about this time in 2010, actually, that to be exact, where I was sitting at my desk looking at my computer and I had thousands of emails in my email box. Because at that time, I felt that I had to know everything in the business. I, have to, I had to know everything that's going on in sales, in customer service, in legal, in accounting, in, uh, you know, in HR. So that's, that is the entrepreneur's dilemma. You think or, or, or a lot of times entrepreneurs believe that they have to do everything, know everything, and be involved in everything. Well, if that's hmm. the case, you will never, ever scale your business. So at that time, you know, back in to uh, December, 2010, I, w- I actually wanted to quit my business and I wanted to, to hang it up and, and leave because I was so stressed out. And so, you know, sort of tired of the business because I wasn't simply managing it right. And then I looked for a coach and, and a mentor and I found, um, I think you, you probably know Tony Robbins. And I went, sure. I went to his event called business mastery and it totally, you know, sort of faced pretty good where I learned that I was the problem. And the reason my business, number one, wasn't growing. And number two, uh, why I was so stressed out was because of me. And the simple fix, and it's actually a really simple fix. First thing is drop your ego. Don't need to be the smartest person in every department and everywhere. And hire the smartest people to do what you're not best at. And you stay in your lane. So that's the best advice I can give for an entrepreneur that wants to scale a business. The absolute best advice. Hmm. Thank you for that. And you've got successes. You already started to tell us about it, and we'll hear about it in a minute. But I would like to ask you to tell us about your biggest, most critical failure with customers. The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most, or almost the most. Well, I'll tell you my my most critical failure in, in business itself. So back in 2006, I was fresh off a, an exit from one of the companies that I was a founder of and I was able to sell, I was able to sit on millions of dollars and I mistakenly took that millions and plowed it into a real estate. And you remember, Hey, you, you remember the, the year 2007, correct? <laughs> yes, I do remember the year 2007 <laughs> and I remember exactly where I was. In yeah. 2008, when we heard about the financial collapse. Yeah. Exactly. And you remember the real estate marketplace. So I intelligently at that time rolled all of my money. I put basically all my chips on red, I'll call it. <laughs> and it went into a real estate venture. And it was 2007 at the height of the, the market. And then, you know, the GFC or the, the, the great financial crisis uh, was upon us in 2008. And everything I had was basically out the door. I was on the verge of bankruptcy and, uh, and, and you had a colossal failure and depression, anxiety and all that. So, you know, that was my biggest failure, but I will tell you in your biggest failures are your biggest learnings. 
So, you know, okay. I learned the most out of that. I learned number it's, and I had a business partner. So I learned, you know, never to, to rely on somebody else's intellect or knowledge when you, when red flags are going up, when you, when your gut, it, basically the, the point is uh, leverage your gut feel hmm. because I had a gut feeling that this gentleman didn't know what he was talking about, but he was a, a very, very smooth talker. And I fell, I fell prey to, you know, an incredible storyteller. So I learned that the power of story is is very powerful, right? So yeah, uh, it is. We all know that we are in marketing, isn't it? Absolutely. And so stories everything, and I fell prey to that. and and you know that kind of taught me to to do due diligence and you know not just run after the 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 mountaintop, I think is a theme we're going to talk about later, but not run after you know promises of riches when, when there's no foundation and there's no, there was no sort of due diligence on my side. So that was my first mistake. And, uh, you know, this colossal failure taught me a lot about leadership, taught me a lot about myself and taught me a lot, you know, about doing research first and taking your time and, and, you know, slow is actually fast is another learning that I got mm. out of that. So. Love that. Yeah. Now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success As a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers well I'll, I'll tell you our biggest success right now is actually as a result of a another failure I'll say so for example and I know a lot of your your listeners are in the marketing space and they probably had issues and if they're in digital marketing I'm sure they had issues with Facebook and so back in uh, in the summer of 2020 we had a mega uh, issue with with, uh, with Facebook. Uh, so it was 2019. So in the summer of 2019, Facebook literally shut our business down. So we weren't able to, oh. to mark yeah, to market on the platform. Um, uh, and so, so we were scrambling and that was, I would have to say about 60% of our revenue because we also, you know, we work with Snapchat. Uh, we worked with a couple other platforms, YouTube and native uh, in which Israel, by the way, is huge in native uh, advertising. But Facebook shut yeah. us down. So 60% of our revenue went out the window. And that forced our hand to, number one, diversify traffic sources. And number two, figure out the TikTok platform. And talk about perfect mm-hmm. timing. Yeah, talk perfect timing. Because TikTok, the ad platform in TikTok had just been released. And we were one of the first. Uh, we were actually in their beta test. And so, you know, we really figured out that platform. We really figured out the creative aspects to it and, and how to, you know, recruit, train, Um, and incentivize re- uh, creators to create so right now they're creating somewhere around you know seven to ten videos on a daily basis we've got almost 150 creators and we're launching every single one of those so we you know we've been able to wow. to build a pretty mega team wrapped around TikTok. and right now we're the number one advertiser in terms of spend on a monthly basis in Canada and in wow. top 10 in the US right now so we're doing quite well on that platform but you know that's, that's a impressive. result of You know it's impressive, but that's a result of a failure and then kind of being put in a corner and having to learn. So you know I guess the the learning from there is your 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 biggest failures can often bring on your your best successes. Love that. And what is the percentage of Facebook today? Facebook is only twenty percent of our volume today, so we're happy about that. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last Chinese tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and might help other entrepreneurs as well. Well, a tool that's helped us uh, with communication tremendously has been Slack. You know, Slack has allowed us, uh, you know, to to communicate. We we have an organization now of over 300 employees in our in our company. So, the tool that we're using, we're leveraging two two different types of uh, of of tech. So one of them being Slack, and the other one being Monday. And Monday has been critical in in managing our creator network. So we have over 150 creators that create videos that I I, I spoke about earlier. Yeah. So Monday has been a tool that's been tremendous for us, and Slack just from a communication standpoint and centralizing all conversation. That's been, uh, that's been pretty critical for us as well. So Monday and Slack. There are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Well, uh, I'll answer it with, with two answers almost. So being fearless, right? So, and how do you get to be fearless? There's a couple of ways you get to be fearless. Um, number one, making mistakes and learning. So, you know, stacking mistakes on top of each other so that you can learn from your mistakes is the number one way. I mean, you know, once you've sort of, I'll get back to the the construction metaphor. Once you've hit your fingernail, many times with a hammer, you really figure out to move your finger out of the mm-hmm. way from that nail, right? Yeah. So that's number one. And and another critical, I'm, I'm going to say almost a game changer for me. And probably that's the same thing with a lot of creative types. Like I wouldn't say I'm a creative type, but I'm, I'm creative okay. in a sense that uh, my, my brain can wander and, you know, go all over the place. And what's helped me with focus and getting rid of that voice, that that just crazy voice in your head which, you know, everybody has, has been meditation. So meditation to me has been my, I'll call it secret weapon, has been my, you know, the thing that's helped me focus, helped me get rid of that voice and helped me, you know, really stay laser focused on, on you know, on topics. So on projects. Now, one of the things with entrepreneurs is, you know, we tend to be ADD big time mm-hmm. and I'm one of those. So, so meditation has helped me, you know, maintain, you know, kind of shake that ADD affliction or problem and, and that voice in my head. So again, that's, that's my, my biggest secret weapon. I'll say. Thank you for that. And my final question is my mountain question. And <laughs> as my listeners already know, I've been imagining this journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain. You know, step after step after step. And then when you reach the peak, usually you are looking to climb a higher peak. And sometimes you need to go down in order to reach the peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? (laughs) (laughs) I have never... Uh, well, I mean, I've climbed small mountains, but I, I, I wouldn't say that it's a love of mine to climb mountains, physical, actual mountains, but I can use it sort of metaphorically and climb the mountain of success. Um, so physical, no, but, you know, metaphorically, yes. I mean, I, I see this as, I, I agree with the, uh, you know, the mountain analogy of climbing and, and reaching the peak. 
and then looking, looking over, and then there's always another mountain to climb. Right. So mm-hmm. I just think that as an entrepreneur, there's, there's always things, and you know, I, I, I'd like to answer it another way. So I was on a call, I'm part of this, this group called energy for success. And the name is Dr. Barry Morgulin. And one of the, uh, you know, one of the, 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 the co, I guess, people on the, on the group said, you know, look, I'm wealthy enough, Dr. B, I don't need any more wealth. And I actually, you know, I'm, I'm tired of making money. And then Dr. B corrected him really quickly. He said, listen, your job is to make money if you're, if you have that capability. Your job is to use your ability to the fullest extent because you can do good for humanity. And that's kind of the way I see it, right? So if you have a skill, if you have a, you know, you either teach that skill or you continue to grow upon that skill so that you can, you can give it out to the world. So if your skill is making money, you know, don't shy away from it, make money and give it away and do good with it rather than, you know, not using your skill set. So I think, you know, climbing a mountain, there's always a bigger one to climb and you continue until the day, you know, your day is done. That's what I say. Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mark, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? So what I'd like to do is give a gift to your listeners. Uh, hey, you. So the... Uh, you know, my book, The Lucky Formula, I've actually created a lucky quiz and it quizzes you on your your uh, ability to catch luck or attract luck or attract success. So it's it, it grades you on a scale of uh, on a scale of zero to 100 and it literally gives you a number. What's your percentage of ability to catch luck? And if it's a lower percentage, it gives you tips and tricks. And if it's a higher one, it gives you tips and tricks on how to be luckier. Hmm. So that's, you You can get that quiz. It's called the lucky quiz. You can get it at the lucky formula.com slash quiz. Again, that's the lucky formula.com slash quiz. And you can also find me on Instagram at Mr. Lucky official. Hmm. And my website is Mark com. So that's M A R K. L A C H A N C E dot com. So that's Mark L A Chance dot com. Hmm. And, and there you have it. Thank you. And we will have all these links in the show notes of this interview. And Mark, I would like to thank you so much. It was great fun talking with you, and I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much. I enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed your questions. So very good. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, and take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.